they're bad, they're boys, and occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Bye 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 bye. Do you know what? Hello, hello. Do you know what? How you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm all right, man. I've got a I've got a pato related story just to kick straight off with. I have. I have. No, no, no. It's not. It doesn't involve him personally. Oh, okay. But but it involves the whole family loving pato. When I was thinking the whole the whole pato family, the whole Banton family. Yeah, yeah, the Banton family. They 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 love us. They absolutely love us. We're they wear t-shirts of us and everything. It's only three weeks until this gig, maybe even less. Where's he playing? Is that the one in London? Yeah, free gig, pato. So anyone who's in the UK, come along to somewhere like West Ham for a free gig with pato Banton. I mean, does anything get better than that? We need we need more details. Come on, what what are the details? I I I remember seeing this ages ago, but suddenly these things creep up and I, I completely forget. So I just quickly check my my calendar. Well, actually, there's there's quite a few things in the diary. We've got um we've got the Pac Man run with the hash hash has Harris on the eighth of August, which is one of your favourites. Then we've got uh, the beerathon and the World Beer Mile on oh. the twelfth of august we've got super saturday double... super saturday as it's known as, it, it is so it's, but not the night... it's well it's weird isn't it because some people are doing super saturday and they're in, what's the thing they're doing in the morning there's a um is there a rat racing in the morning yeah there's the water i can't remember what it's called but it's 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 like survivor the fittest except it's set around I think the Excel Center. So you go in and out of the water lows is a lot more. Um... That's, the, that's the obstacle, getting to the Excel Center on uh, on the DLR. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> so it's quite exciting. <laughs> yeah. Anyone's been to the marathon expo, sat on the front. Wow. You're actually driving the train. But we've got um, the Beerathon as well. Then it's followed by, where is Pate? Oh, the 17th of August. The 17th of August. Is that. Is so that surely a... people can free that up in their diary. Is that a, that's not a weekend though, is it? No, it's not, I'm afraid. That's why I was saying London. I think it's a Thursday. And also, Wednesday the 9th, double header presentation by yours truly and Lee Stuart Evans that G Law is putting on for charity. There's almost too many, there's too many people in that room. There's too much G Law. <laughs> That'd be our most successful event ever, just by the three of us. It's just, well, people coming along because they want to punch him. Um, people want to yeah. come along because they clearly want to hear about the Monarchs Way Ultra again. Dean will probably be there just to, to just, swat just... up. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be, be so keen. He's like, I've heard of this Monarchs Way Ultra. I have to defeat it. I could be the first person on Earth. Do you think Do you think we... Uh, so if you didn't listen to the last podcast, the last podcast episode was an interview with um, uh, ultramarathon man himself, Dean Canazes. And um, we, uh, we, we, Inception style, well, it wasn't very Inception style, placed this nugget of desire <laughs> into his brain, um, suggesting that he uh, takes on the ultimate challenge of the Monarch's Way Ultra. Well, we need to Darren Brown it and start having, he needs to walk into a room with loads of Monarch butterflies. Yes. And then, and then fly Monarch Airlines. 
Yeah, exactly. Just just having all these subliminal messages everywhere, and he'll just eventually like, he'll wake up in a sweaty nightmare. <laughs> <sighs> I have to do this race. It's, I, I think it's possible. He's running out of options. It would. It would be incredible to do. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be incredible for him. It would be incredible if we managed to persuade someone to do the Monarch's Way after <laughs> how rubbish it was. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think if Dean did it, given the level of support he gets, and I assume he's got a team behind him as well of some sorts, so it could be that yep. they just clear the whole route. But you're not allowed. But you're not miles. allowed any support, are you? That's the thing. I was meaning in advance they could go there and just actually <laughs> just clear it, just get Apache helicopters in, literally tarmac yeah. it the whole tarmac way. Tarmac it, tarmac the whole thing. <laughs> tarmac the monarch's way. It would cost the same as HS2, but it's important if Dean wants to finish. Absolutely, and oh, Lee Stewart would be so angry as well if uh, someone else finished without. And, then, and and also we'd insisted it was slightly off the route just so Lee Stewart would be like oh it's not the right it's not the right route they've cheated cheating <laughs> but anyway how are you what's been going on oh man I've I've, I've been on holiday haven't I I've been on of holiday of course yes um, a couple of weeks did you, in did Tuscany. you stay on a par in your fitness I do you know what I, I didn't do any running but I I ate well if that was a good thing I was expecting that to be the case, to be honest. When it you was, say it was so hot, you know, I keep always banging on about how I hate the weather in in like in the UK. It was just yeah. like ridiculously hot, um, like thirty six degrees all the time. I mean, like a, tip, a typical Brit staying in the shade, staying indoors, constantly moaning about how how hot it was. And I was going to come back and I say to you, uh, it was just too hot to run because we were in like the Tuscan Hills as well, and so yeah. you know, you know what the um, the uh, the roads are like there and everything, like these windy yeah. sort of self preservation society style roads, and you know, there's no way you're going to go running on those, um, even though people yeah. do run yeah, up yeah. and down them. Um, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. If I, you know, if I was going to run, I was probably have to drive down into the town or whatever and do running there. That, that was never going to happen. It, it and, does sound like someone looking for an excuse oh, right now. Oh, if you oh, no, 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 no. This is no, this is it. Um, so yeah, while I was in Italy, um, yeah. uh, a, a do badder emailed us, uh, Tom Scott, um, who uh, if if you look in the um, Facebook group, he posted in there, and he had um, non Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, and he was raising money, and he's running again, and you know, absolutely brilliant story. The main thing was though, he was in Italy the same time I was, and so while I'm telling you, oh, it was too hot to run. He's posting pictures of himself <laughs> running in the exact places I was, um, which no sort way. Of, it sort of undermines what I was doing. I mean, he was in Luca, which was a little bit um, a little bit easier to run in because it's got these city walls that you can run round, um, sort of in the shade. So that that's quite yeah. good. Um, and one of the things he said is, yeah, oh yeah, there's there's like all these people on these like ridiculous bikes, um, like you know they're like the four seater bikes that you know families going and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have done that. Um, but, Ooh, uh, <laughs> so not only not only were you going against your own ethos but you were indoctrinating your children into the fun of bikes I know, it was it wasn't like a proper bike it wasn't like a like a you know a, i'm gonna wear like or anything it's one of those like comedy bikes that you would say if freedom wants to if my little girl wants to do it then who am i to deny her that well if, that's what parents are for parents are there to educate i mean if she asked me to do a triathlon i'd, I'd say no but in this case, it was like a comedy bike that, I, you know what, and actually doing it in that temperature was ridiculous. I was like, I, I, think, I, I think I did all of my exercise in that, um, in that 
uh, that moment. Um, but yeah, it was. But yeah, he, he's, he's got a brilliant photo. If you're going to Facebook, he's got a brilliant photo of him standing outside um, the uh, this uh, this uh, palazzo. And I've got yeah. the exact same photograph of me and Libby sat probably about two or three meters forward from that at a bar with about eight uh, or nine um, empty glasses of wine. <laughs> was that was that Frida again? That was. She insisted. She insisted. <laughs> She is a power. In fact, we should mention a bit about Tom. He, did, he sent us a very sweet email. And um, I was a little bit overwhelmed by just, just the whole email itself. It's quite hardcore. He's, um, there's this game called the, the Transplant Games. And um, in short, my interpretation of it is that Tom realised he probably wasn't going to be an Olympic athlete. And he thought, this is my angle. If I fake some horrific disease... I can then have a transplant and then smash it at the transplant games. So, um, you know, thinking long game, he uh, he got this horrific disease. Uh, is it Hodgkin's lymphoma? Yeah, Hodgkin's lymphoma. I've heard that recently a few times, actually. It's, it, it, it seems it, to be popping up. Yeah, in 2010, he said he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now, this is a master of understatement. He goes, in 2011, I had six months outpatient baby stroke easy chemo, which was successful. <laughs> Easy chemo, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's he's he's basically he's gone through this chemo. He's he's survived, and he's now taking part in the five k, fifteen hundred, eight hundred meters um, for for Britain, I think. Uh, he's doing yes. It to ra- yes. Yeah. So he's, he's doing it to raise money. So get in the Facebook group. Um, it's for Anthony Nolan, who do a huge amount for cancer victims. And for, uh, I think they're called survivors. I think the people who've been through cancer therapy, they, they, they now see themselves as survivors. It's like them and the Grateful Dead are um, the people who are still alive in that TV show. Very similar in, in the, the hard corners. So he's, um, he's going through that and he's looking to raise as much money as possible. So get in the Facebook group. He posted in, uh, in July, uh, 21st of July. And just read his story. Really, really interesting unbelievably hardcore um what he's what he's been through and but actually the thing that struck me most about his email just how much he swore <laughs> yeah. it was quality I mean, he, he couldn't read out his epic and blinding about everything it was, it was terrific it, what, you know, the good thing he swore about uh he, he makes some comment about um lance armstrong cheating fucking cyclist um <laughs> which was great uh, <laughs> which was perfect his it, it was it was a brilliant email, but um, yeah, he um, he's he's properly been through it, and uh, and it's it what he's written and what he's been through yeah. doesn't match yeah. with how positive he is um, about <laughs> it all. It's not it's as though it, it, when I first read it, I'm like, whoa, that's incredible, but you seem ridiculously happy about all of this. Uh, not happy about it, but like upbeat about it, and I wish I you know. It, it sort of puts you to shame, really, um, when uh, when you read, because like, he 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 went into um, um, remission, um, and so and then had to have stem cell and bone marrow transplant as well. Um, so it's not as if he just got it once; he, he he suffered from it twice. And yeah, and so yeah, it's like it's incredible what what he's done. So yeah, find it find him in the Facebook group, and um, yeah, like, quiz him. He looks like a good lad as well. <laughs> he's posted lots of photos of him having many beers and smiling um, a lot but yeah going back for a second helping oh that must be so hard because you know how bad it is already you know how much it's going to hurt you know 
just how, how it makes you feel. And so, well, I mean, fair play to him. So good luck with, let us know how it goes, Tom. And fingers crossed, bring home the bacon for Bad Boy Running. Yeah, I think he said if if it, um, if do badders between us raise two hundred and fifty pound, he will do um, press ups at the finish. Which, if you're in a proper event, that would just be hilarious. <laughs> it might make the news. You never know. <laughs> it's I love, possible. I love the amount of people doing press ups at the finish of the various races they're doing. That's like it's it's classic now. It's a classic do badder move. We want we want Mo Farah to do it. That's the next aim to get him to do it on um, at the end of the World Championships. Right. So next up, we've had. In fact, there for a while we weren't sure if he died or if he just <laughs> hated us. If he'd maybe insulted his family in the past, but he actually is on this time. We finally got with the podcast. So we wanted to talk to Dale because he last year set the European record for the World Beer Mile. Yeah. And right. in ten days' time. The, the the championships is coming back to London. It's the head-to-head, him against the world record holder. So we thought we'd get him on to talk about talk about that, also about his running in St Mary's, um, and just to get some tips, because we're going to be doing it as well. So welcome, Dale. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling excited. It's going to be a good fun to do it, actually. Really there seems to be a lot more hype this year than previous years. Yeah, I think... Well... I think my videos have been helping build it up a little bit, um, make a bit of fun out of it. But last year, I think the video like quite blew up online, did it on social media? Yeah. So the video yeah. that I got about 22 million views or something. Whoa. Okay. I think this is like obviously this is the follow-on year from that. So. Well, I, I think the world record's got to go. I, I mean, it has to. Sure. I mean, how? What are you thinking? What are you predicting? I don't know. Like the more I think about it, the more I think how good the record actually is i mean mm. it's it's not so much the running that i'd say is impre- it, the running's impressive but yeah the, the way he got the beard down as quick as he did <laughs> um, they're like 355 mil bottles and he's probably averaging five seconds a bottle yeah because i was i was watching it last year and you were you were neck and neck until that, that second beer and then he just yeah. slowly creeped ahead yeah well that was the first time i'd ever done one so they told me a couple of days before, and then I, I rocked up and I was like, oh, this would be a bit of fun. I'll, I'll try and break five minutes. And then on the first lap, I was like, I'm with him here. <laughs> and then I got the second, and I just like, I couldn't control the breathing. It was like, like as sad as it sounds, there's, actual, there's, there's an art to it. So, yeah. Um, and I was just like, he had 20 metres on me after the second beer. And I was just like, nah, what's going on here? And like, being the competitive person I was, I was just running around fuming that I was just choking up and burping. <laughs> I think the worst, if you run in really hard as well, because I, I, I've been trying to do it the last few weeks, and I think you almost need to ease up the last 20 metres just so you can get some breath in. Oh, do you know what? I think it's more just, it literally is having the bottle to force it down when you can't breathe. So like the technique to it, and I've learned, is like you want to take a big, deep breath before you take that first chug, because you take the big, deep breath and it allows it to run down the throat. If you're breathing as you're drinking, it stops the beer from going down the throat. So have you actually been going out and practicing the beers as much as Yeah, I actually, I actually looked up how to chug a beer. <laughs> right. I look up on YouTube, these guys that just go, like actual people that just drink beer, not runners. And I was like, right, we'll try this in running. And then it, it worked. But you've got, to, you've got to have a bottle of it as well because like, when you get to the third lap and you can't breathe, 
and you're trying to get the beer down, you almost want to gag and like spit it back out. So it's having the obviously like mental capacity just to go through that. Because I've been I've been looking I think at the same web pages as you. Because I'd be I I can chug I can chug a pint no problem. Yeah. And in fact I'd rather have four pints. I, I could drink it lot a lot yeah, more than the bottle. But it's saying it's the same thing as uh, as deep throating a, a young man. Apparently, is the the same skill. What <laughs> the hell <laughs> have you just said? And how do you I know that? Are you I'm talking? So of, thinking... Are we back at public school again? <laughs> <laughs> Surely you have an so advantage. I was, I was wondering where I should get some cucumbers out of the fridge or something. Just because I've been trying to drink them in the shower. Because whenever I try what? it, I keep on gagging up this is sorry the, the bottles a bit i haven't been trying yes <laughs> but yeah I, I just can't do it i the the beer just froms, froths out of me each time it's a nightmare don't let the beer you're not meant to let the bottle touch the lips really okay so you, need to, you need to let the more you suck as sounds as soon as it sounds the worse it is you want the you want the, the fl- <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna edit this head <laughs> I'm just, gonna be I'm just hoping no one's catching this halfway through. <laughs> yeah, you wanna you wanna let the liquid flow out. You don't want it to. You don't wanna be full. So let just let the beer flow. Because so I mean, Jane, have you seen the video? No, 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 I haven't seen the video. So why, why don't you explain for um, the listeners who haven't uh, who haven't seen them um, exactly what what they entail? So. Every, say, 10 days, me and Ben, the guy that I've been doing it with, uh, will just think up of a session. Your normal sort of running session that we use to be good athletes, and it could be a hill session or it could be a 10K tempo. Or So one of them was 10K. We ran a 10K and we done a beer every kilometre. There's 10 beers in 10 kilometres. Yeah, and we ran that one was impressive. So that was like an example of trying to... Actually, that was more of a dare. Because that was sub forty minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, um, <laughs> that that was more like trying to learn how to run with the liquid in your belly. Yeah, the ten bottles of beer in your belly in thirty nine minutes. It was, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> I mean, that has that actually helped when you've in the same way when you train for a ten k race and you run further than ten k. Yeah. When you came back to do four beers again, were you suddenly ah, yeah. oh, this is this is piece of piss. I think it's more mental thing that you just know. Physically, like the four beers, for some reason, it's still you still burp the same. It's still hard to get down, but more than the mental side of it is like, yeah, I've done, I've done ten beers, I can do this. So it's like you're not scared to, you know, this is not going to hurt you, if that makes sense. But yeah, like getting it down, it don't really change. Like it's it's the fact that the the, the, the hole in the bottle is that small and trying to get that amount of fluid out that quick. It's obviously it's, it's the bottle that's defeating you really. If it's a pint glass, you bang easy. But then it becomes a liquid if you're carrying that much liquid. And, uh, so just to explain to our listeners, because I don't think we've said this yet, so the beer mile is, is four beers. You, it's got to be at least 5% alcohol. Yeah, that's it. The annoying thing for, for us Brits is that because the rules were set up in the States, mm. they are based on American-sized bottles. They've got to be 355 milliliters. So all these brilliant stouts and porters and bitters that have no gas in them, the Brits don't bottle in the right sizes. So I've been trying to import these beers to actually practice with them. And everyone's saying you've just got to drink Budweiser. That's, that seems to be the message we're getting back. Yeah, I mean, I've been using Budweiser's and they are quite fizzy. Um, 
But then I used, I can't remember the beer I used. Did you, you done last year's bar BMR, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used a beer that they brought over. It was called Budweiser Platinum. I think it was, it was way smoother than the, 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 the buds that you know over here, the red yeah. cap brown bottle. Um, they're, they're fizzy. And it, if you don't have them at the right temperature, they just foam as soon as they come out. So you need to have them at like, not, not freezing, but palatable, I guess. As cold as possible. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of your training then, have you been have you been training as hard on your running as well? I mean, are you, do you feel like you're in good shape for just running a, a flat mile? Yeah, like I feel like, yeah. So I done saw a mile the other week, which I won. It was like a tactical one, 409. Um, but to tell the truth, I started the beer mile thing because I was injured for two months. Mm. And then I was like, oh, that, let's do it as a bit of fun. Then it got serious. And then I actually started getting fitter from the training. And then I was like, oh, I can actually have a track season now. So <laughs> I am actually in decent shape, yeah. So beer mouth saved your Beer, beer brought you back to life. Yeah, <laughs> You've got to bring a bit of fun into it. Yeah, I think JD's the other way. He went off the rails. He was uh, he used to be your speed as well. And then too many beards. Too many beards. <laughs> it was the dominoes. It was the dominoes as well. Or every every uh, every four hundred meters, it was the issue. So, what kind of time do you think you, you you're capable of then? If everything goes perfectly, I think I'm, I'm capable of close to the world record, or if not quicker. But again, it's, the running part is not the issue. Like for me, anyway, I feel like I, right. It's, Average probably 61 laps, yeah. Which is probably a 404 mile. Could probably even do 406, 407. Um, but it's, it's getting the beer down. It's not rushing, like picking that beer up. Because obviously, if you pick the beer up too hard and you squeeze and you rip it off, it's just gonna foam. And the more foam that's left in the bottle is gonna convert back into beer by the end, and they pour it in the jug. And if it's too much, you're gonna get disqualified. So I think I can get close or break the world record if my beer drinking is on point. What what is the what is the world record just uh, just so so we know? Four thirty four. Four thirty four. It's really di- it's really difficult. I went uh, not having like it, like run a mile or anything like that to to know yeah. what that means, um, especially yeah, adding uh, beer into it as well. I guess it's the same with like running in general, yeah. isn't it? No one knows what the, the general public outside of running. You could say to them a four minute mile and still a lot of them wouldn't know there are people that will know but there's still a lot of people that have no idea so you bring beer into it and it kind of makes it a bit for more people doesn't it so you've essentially got to run at the same speed as your fastest mile and only then have seven seconds per beer yeah that's basically it so you can either look at it as with seven seconds of beer or you can look at it as seven seconds recovery Seven seconds recovery. <laughs> else you should be faster. <laughs> That's what you're saying. You're split yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be sub four. <laughs> you should test that. <laughs> you yeah, never I know. Think, yeah, you never know. <laughs> and because um, Ben's, he's in the team as well, isn't he? He's because uh, he, in the videos I've seen, he seems to be struggling a little bit more on the beers than you have. Uh, yeah, especially think, on the hill sessions. Yeah, I think when because when. Me and Ben started it. He kind of like he's kind of retired from running. So when he started it, he's kind of made a comeback to running. He's actually training again. So I think he was like, when when I started off, I was still quite fit, mm. and it, he wasn't fit. So he's like top being fit, doing a hill rep, suffering really bad, and then having to stand a beer. It was just like it was double whammy for him. Whereas I was already quite fit in the running, so I was like not getting as tired on the hill reps. <laughs> 
Ben was nearly collapsing and having to then do a beer. <laughs> have, have you, is your coach aware of this then? Yeah. He's and, quite, yeah, he's, he's quite old school. Like in terms of like, it comes from sort of like the car that area where most of them would all be on the beers on the weekend. So he just he's like, look now, there's a few beers every now and then. It ain't gonna hurt you. Adding, adding fags the... into it as well might be the issue. That's the... <laughs> huh? Adding some fags into it as well might be the issue. That's yeah, do the French team do that? Is that is that how they how they roll the goloirs after each beer? Sorry, a what? A goloirs after each beer. <laughs> so how does it how does it work then? So you you're you're running so you're running for England, David. So yeah. how does it work? So, so I don't I don't understand. Is they do heats and then the final, or how, how, just so so we know how the how, what the setup is on the on the day. I don't, well, there's for some reason there's an England B team, which I'm very happy about because it means that I can then getting an England team but um, I won't be in the same heat as Dale because I'll be about a minute probably more down on him um, yeah I'll be happy to break kind of 5.45 I think but, but um, so what are you are you running you're running you're the what, sole person in your race representing England aren't you and then you're running against other nationalities no four in each team I think oh okay I think that's right there's eight, eight, two A's two A's and two B runners and so is there an overall Championship as a team, then based on the highest yeah. numbering runners. There's a, there's a relay after, isn't there? And because because that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because they'll obviously be the the outright winner. But yeah. um, I know Andy Norman, who's been organising the team, he's been quite keen to ensure we get our fourth runner really quick as well. Oh yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah, there is like um, like an overall team, like 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 they would do in the cross countries, like Met leagues or county leagues. There'd be an overall team winner. So you're confident? You're confident on the uh, on the the overall team uh, placing then, or who, who are the who's who's the ones to look out for? It, Canada, Canada, or USA always have a good team actually, because you you need a you need your full runner like uh, David said you need your full runner to be really good as well. Not really good, but it needs to be like a level of consistency. If you've got three really good runners and then the full one is like a minute behind, then that will ruin the whole team. And is it always is it always the same people? I mean, like, do you are they are they known quantities, or do sometimes they like they turn up and you know you're like, oh, we don't know, we don't know anything about yeah. this guy, anything like that. You know, you have no idea. You could have someone turn up for them. He'd be like, un- unbelievable. You have because I turned up last year, and then they called out my fifteen hundred meter PB, and then everyone just stopped. <laughs> the start line all went like I was standing in the right corner. The start line all went. <laughs> I was just like pissing myself laughing. Yeah, it didn't stop Corey. Corey, his beer drinking was too good. So, well, I felt really sorry for the guy who said so going into last year's world champs. This bloke called Lewis Kent yeah. was the <laughs> world record holder. He was the world champion. He was the first sponsored athlete, uh, yeah. beer mile athlete. Then two sponsored? days before, you get, can you get sponsored for this? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Well, the thing is, if you get a video where it's being viewed 21 million times yeah. and, you know, you're wearing all the kit, that's that's worth a lot to a brand. I think yeah. there's now even a beer mile shoe, isn't there? Yeah, the Brooks have made a beer mile shoe for Lewis. <laughs> How <What>? is it different? <laughs> Waterproof. Has it got a ring pull on the button? <laughs> it's like, it looks, it looks quite nice, to be honest. It's like a red, I think it's red. But like CEP, do you know CEP compression, the, the compression company? Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. 
they're looking after me at the moment as well. They're helping me out with kit and that. Um, do they? Do they? Is it extra give at the belly, or is there a slight change in in how it how it cradles the stomach? Uh, yeah, it keeps it nice and compressed. Quite <laughs> keeps the abs all nice and tight, so the belly don't pop. Because we we had last year, um, Corey, who's the world record holder, he recorded a video on YouTube two days before the race. Yeah, posted it, and they then flew him in. So Kent, um, Lewis, is it Kent? Kent Lewis, Lewis, Lewis Kent, yeah. He was. He went from going into the world champs, thinking, flying to London. Here comes the big boy. Yeah. Going to get the plaudit. It's going to be amazing. To this guy breaking his world record, and then Dell turning up, and so he comes in third, probably seventeen seconds down on the world record, and then because it was, it was you four forty-seven. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so poor. So you never know. This year it might be. There's another guy who's just going to rock up. Who I think it's unlikely, but. But I know. Something but, I could just turn up and just terrorise it. But, but what about what about mind games? Because I know that you're big on mind games, David. So how 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 does that work in this situation? What sort of what sort of mind games would you play on someone in 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 this situation? I think you need to be. You know those kids when you were younger at school who could just burp anything at any time. <laughs> yeah. I think if you can learn to do that and just be walking up to people, what, the national like, anthem. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's no, gonna be inti- intimidating. They know this guy can just get gas out of his belly at any point. I think that would help. Yeah, that would be incredible. But we, yeah. but the thing is, you've got, you've got, we, we've got a load of inbuilt support as well. So it's not, you know, we, we, we can coordinate it as well. We can get you, you have um, um, people. You have all the do badders who who can be playing mind games on your behalf as well. You just let us know, yeah. and, we're, and we'll be doing it. We'll get a massive social media cult. Just attack all the Canadians and Americans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, are you gonna are you going out there to try and do you blitz the first four hundred as a four hundred, or are you th- doing it fifteen hundred pace? No, I think I think you do it fifteen hundred meter pace. I think you go for, I think you go for sixties, sixty six, sixty sixty ones, sixty first lap definitely, and then probably aim for sixty ones. I think if you, if you go. If you go 55, 56, first lap, trying to get yeah. away from everyone, that you could be suffering. Because obviously, the first, I'd say the first hundred of each lap, you're trying to burp. But you're not, you're not breathing too much. And I was thinking that that can only be detrimental to, like your oxygen supply. Like yeah. the first hundred, you're not getting enough oxygen in around the muscles, and that obviously contributes to fatigue, like later on in the race. Because um, you are, you're just going <laughs> for a cut. For a good hundred people, <laughs> first lap. Uh, and and what's the rules again about if you're sick or if you spill or because they're quite strict, aren't they? Penalty lap. Penalty lap. Okay. And so that's pretty much I, game over. I don't. I'm not worried about that. I've never been sick. Are there never. are there heats after the race? Is, I don't bring. Up. Are there heats or is it straight into the into the race? straight into the race okay. oh that'd be good if it gets big enough so that you have yeah. like, three heats in a day it's like do you yeah because <laughs> you, ta- you, you have to be tactical then don't you you're like yeah, yeah you, you'll do after yeah <laughs> brilliant so what about, no, what, uh, about you, what about your recovery what are you what are you what are you planning on for uh, recovery after the race in this situation move on to pints i reckon <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty busy night, actually, because most of the internationals are all staying at the same hostel. Um, yeah. We'll have our group all coming from the Beerathon, so they're going to be hammered already. So I think by probably by nine o'clock, we'll all be passed out in bed. Do you reckon a lot of people go down there? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think people will be. Things last year was such a nice atmosphere. Um, it's and it was on Sunday though. That was a shame. Whereas this year, proper Saturday night. The only trouble is it's in the middle of nowhere. I don't think there are any pubs nearby. I, I, I have no idea yeah, where the after party will be. It's, it's Barnet, isn't it? It's Saracen Stadium. Yeah. So are you coming, JD? Yeah, of course I am. Good man. Good man. Now, um. I've got, I've got a question for you, Dale. When I, when I went on Facebook to look at your profile, mm. your Facebook handle is uh, Cock Hungry Clutterbuck. Quite a long time. I, I need to get my mates to watch this because I knew that would come back to haunt me. <laughs> so how, how did that happen? Uh, when I was at uni, I don't know if you know a guy called Toby Loveridge. He used to be a good runner. I heard of him, yeah. Ginger guy. Um, I was in the library, went to submit my coursework, came back up, and Toby had like changed it. But I have no idea. I'm not good with, um, <laughs> not good, let's say, with like, I know how to use social media. I don't know how to do all that, all the setting stuff. And I've probably just been lazy. He told me <laughs> to change it, so I've just believed it. And uh, I've been asking him to tell me how to change it for a long time, but it's been about three or four years now. So You're still as hungry as, as ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so how long did it take you to figure out what you'd done i oh, know i just came back up to the library and all my mates good five of them just sitting there just... <laughs> and i was like what are, you, what are you rolling up at and i've i'm just sat down summit i just saw it straight away and yeah it's still there today i'm hoping it's going to get reported in athletics weekly at some point that's <laughs> the headline or... if it gets sent in i know who sent it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be guilty of that. Um, when I was doing a bit of research about you as well, um, what was really interesting was I know on the muscle interview last year at the end, you'd almost seen the world. You'd, you'd got ready for the Olympics, and yeah. you'd hoped to go there. And the the, the world be miles at one fit, and might as well do this for a laugh. And, yeah. But you, you'd mentioned that actually, eighteen months previously, you'd almost given up on athletics completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so was... what what happened? I mean, t- t- tell us about. Because the uh, some of our listeners will know you through um, through the national championships, things like that. I mean, tell us about your journey from getting to St Mary's through going through athletics and then almost hitting those peaks, but then going on that that journey. So, as a school child, I was always obviously like any other athlete. I had the dream of making the Olympics. Um, played football as a kid. Took me a long time to let go of it, um, but. I won the English schools, two English schools bronze medals off of football training, I guess, and uh, a couple of sessions a week. Um, and that was when I kind of realised, oh, I was always like a good junior. I could turn up to championships and I could I could pick up medals. don't know how I did it. I just, I've always been a bit of a, a championship former. Um, and then I took the decision to go to St Mary's. Um, Loved it there. Like, I had a great experience at Mary's, probably for the wrong reasons. Um, went there and enjoyed life so much. I'm, I've always been someone that enjoys life so much, probably too much to be a world-class athlete. And, yeah, like, you, you, you don't want to say anything bad about St Mary's, but you go there and you're training with 40-odd people on a Saturday morning and make of that what you will. But some people would love that and some people it doesn't work for. And I was probably one of the people that it didn't work for. Um, don't know why. I just I've always been someone that really need, I can I can turn up the track and I can go. He set me sixteen four hundred or forty five seconds. I can go on the track, chucking it down with rain, 
put a jacket on enough and get it done. Whereas there's other people that can't do that, they need the group. Mm. So it was. I think it was more of a hindrance for me. Like you get lost in the group, you don't really get the specific attention, um, and then that wasn't helping me when it comes to saying no to nights out and going on your party holidays and stuff like that, which is not conducive to running fast. And how does it? I mean, how does it work at St Mary? Because we've we've spoken to Colin McCourt in the past, who yeah. is obviously there as well. I know Mo Mo went there. Um, yeah. Are you are you going there with the expectation that you're going there? to run or is that just part of the course you're doing no like, i mean no first and foremost like i have to say this about st mary's is for all the people that slate it it, it you go in there to do a degree you know i mm. didn't go there to say oh i'm gonna go there and be a world-class runner i'm going there to do a degree and and do it to the best of my ability but a lot a lot of people do get sold the dream of st mary's you're gonna you're gonna you're a good junior so you're gonna come here you're gonna get this you're gonna you're going to do this, you're going to get the gym, you're going to get this, 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 this and that. And when you get there, it's, it's true, but it's fabricated. Yeah. Um, and then you get there and you soon realise, oh, it's not all it's cracked out to be. And I don't, like I said, I don't want to put some areas in, in a bad light, but it is a great place to be for some people. And some people, it's not, like at the end of the day, it's no fault of of Mitchell Craig or Andrew Reece Smith. You're, you're, going to, you're going to go there and you've got the, the coach has got 40 other people to look after. It's just, it's not realistic. And some of them are going to fall away. Some of them are going to be used to make other athletes better. And it's just, it, it's just the way it works. And so it happens in America. And so it happens everywhere you go. But um, I was unfortunately one of the people that it didn't work for, for me at mm. St. Mary's. Maybe because Craig and people like that didn't know how to control me. Um, but then I went to my coach, Matt Yates, who straight away was able to, like that, six months, was able to turn me into like a, a, a decent, borderline international athlete. So, yeah. It, and what was he doing different, would you say? What, what, did, what did he change in your training? What did you learn from him? Um, has it helped? He put the fear into me for starters, you know, like, weren't many people that could scare me and then I turned up to training and he just like laughed at me I was doing drills and he was just like just, like pissing himself laughing and like, he was like w-. I was like what he went what the fuck are you doing I was like Do you <laughs> mean? I was doing some like drill thing and he went what the fuck is that I was like uh like skippy thing like drill and he was like Jesus like <laughs> I wonder why you're shit <laughs> and uh it was just like that. There's, like, he was like, you, you get three strikes. You fuck me about three times, that's it, you're gone. He's like, I don't yeah. care. Like, I don't need you. I don't need money. I'm not coaching you for money. He's like, I can drop you like that. And even when I ran, even when he got me to 338, because mm. he started training me in like December, and then by June, I was 345 runner. I hadn't broke 348 for about two years. And it got to like June 2015. Yeah. 3.38, and even then, he was just like, nah, you're better than that. He was like, I ain't talking to you for three days. You can sit down and think about what you've done. And I was, I was sitting there thinking, I've just run 3.38. Like, I'm happy as Larry. And then I'm flying back from Barcelona in a right mood because my coach was fuming with me. But that's, the, that's just the character he was. He could he could get the best out of you really quick. Yeah. And he's done that with a lot of athletes um, in a short space of time. But anything bad that anyone says about Matt, I can always 
say another any, any ten bad things, I can always say another ten good things. So yeah, he, he knows what he's doing when it comes to coaching. I can say that. And so, so what are your plans now then? Are you are you still involved in? Have you still got aspirations for on the world stage or? Yeah, like yeah, I hundred percent have. Um, my my problem has always been like I always feel like I've left it too late. Yeah. Sometimes I let that get in my head, and I'm on the start line, and then I'm I'm standing there three thirty eight. Then in the reality, I'm like I'm thirty five though. There's there's twenty year olds running three thirty eight. Then sometimes I feel like I'm clinging on, and but yeah, I do still have aspirations. I'm gonna come back and hopefully run fastest indoor season, and then hopefully next outdoors. But yeah, it's not over yet. Not not just yet. I think I've got a little bit of fire left in the belly. <laughs> well, I think in some ways you almost need to to have that taken away from you and yeah. to to go off the board a little bit to get your motivation back and to get yeah, real hunger because yeah, even with I've been reading recently that Colin now that he's started training again and he's yeah. doing it for love rather than well actually he's doing it to save his body from the tattoos but um, he's, he's also doing it um, for love rather than just because he's it's part of his it's his expectation he's Quite now been mate, talking, yeah 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 yeah, I think well, I think it was, and then it, it just stopped being, and, and he's almost rediscovered himself. And he's been talking about trying to get back as well um, to the you know, to see how far he can push it. And actually, it, it sounds as if he's more motivated than he's ever been. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed, he'll come back stronger. I mean, it it could be too late with with, with given that he's, he's already struggling to get sub sixteen. But yeah, um, yeah, especially with runners. You're not, you know, even sprinters, you can get Olympic golds. At, how old was Linford? 33? Yeah. And then same all the way the distance runners. Uh, marathon runners, you can win it in your thir- yeah, late 30s, 40s. So Yeah, I don't think, yeah, you should never, like, close that door. I, I certainly haven't closed the door. I've had, a, I've had a dodgy sort of, I guess you could say it's been about a dodgy 12 months from the end of last summer to this, to this summer. It's been a bit of a rocky road. But the thing is with athletics is... It's hard to stay motivated. There's, mm. there's not much that keeps you motivated in running. Um, it, it is a boring sport, and it is. You, you can see it on the on the telly. Like I stepped out of British Champs this summer, and I walked out. It was just a tumbleweed. It was just like, well, this is dead. This is, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's not very motivating. And I saw an article the other day about how the the, the sports on the up, World Champs are sold out. And I was like, well, yeah, it's sold out, but. It's because these people in London ain't going to see another one for 50 years. Yeah. That, that's why I sold out. It's, it's not sold. You're, you're making everyone believe, oh, yeah, the sport's on the rise. But it's a day out for them. You know what I mean? This is, the only, this is probably the only world champs they'll see in London in your lifetime. Actually, I think a lot of it is people that we didn't get tickets to the Olympics. So we're still trying to yeah, probably is. Yeah, yeah, grasp probably. onto that. 100%. But, but it's really interesting. There was an article. Um, I, I don't think it was by the the founder of park run but he certainly was commenting in it where it was talking about how um, the lion rugby were yeah. were touring in new zealand and um every rugby club across the country people would be stopping their games to go and watch the, the british lions yeah. and yet you could go to a park run and there'd be hundreds of people who are running yeah. who had no idea that the world championships athletics is on at all yeah. i think there is that disconnect between people that uh-huh. that run for pleasure and actually want to get properly involved there's i think there's intimidation i think there's fear of elitism uh, actually yeah, trying to get them involved it's a massive sense of elitism like 
I, I work in a, a running shop a couple of days a week and people come in there and you're selling them shoes and that and they're like, oh, so do you run? And I'm like, yes. And they go, what do you do? And I go, like, 1,500. And they're like, oh. Because <laughs> everyone, everyone that comes in a running shop associates running with 10K and above, 5K, yeah. Yeah. marathon. Uh, it's, it's relatable. Everyone understands it, but there's such a massive disconnection with track running to the everyday runner. So, yeah, like there's no like, there's no re- no real fan base. There's no real because it, athletes, without being horrible, athletes are quite boring. They're, that's what they're Colin said. Colin said exactly the same thing, didn't he? That's, that's he was saying that there's not enough. They, yeah, they, there's not enough. Mention your name, Dale. If I was if I was in the, the, the governors of athletics and there was a there was a diamond league going on. Yeah. Just get just get one of the athletes to like, do you know you know you know when Vernon and uh, Lindsay Sharp had a massive round Twitter, yeah, that got more publicity than actual at people winning gold medals. Yeah, so, I think the same with Colin McCourt. You know, in the sun. Great rivalries. And do you and what do you make of the the Nitro? Was it the Nitro League where they yeah, had? Cool. Say again. I thought it was really cool. You see, that to me is, is it's just what they've done to test cricket to make it the 2020. Yeah. And the same in the Nitro League. And, and we've always, always talked about doing a, a 10K where every 400 someone gets dropped off the back. What's, yeah. the, what's, the, what, to watch. what's the Nitro League? Well, they, did, they, they did an event with, I, th- I think either Usain, Usain Bolt sponsored it or was um, it was his baby or was linked to it in some way. But they just slightly changed the format. So you'd have the... Four by one hundred meters, where it would be male to female, ah. which is really interesting because you've suddenly got guys who are running sub ten seconds running into handovers with with girls who are used to probably not running sub eleven seconds and having to hand over. We had the the four the the sixteen hundred, where if you had to be the top three after the first lap to do the next lap, and then the top two, and then the the final guide as the last lap, and it it just it. It ensured that in, they looked at races and thought, "How can we make this exciting all the way through?" Because at the moment, you know, I love I love Mo Farah, I love watching him race, but I could just turn on for the last kilometre <laughs> yeah. and be exactly the same race. And I think that's yeah. the trouble with with track running. It, it's slightly different in marathons. You turn on for the last six miles, but it, it's still the same. That nothing happens for the first four fifths, and, and that's re- always going to be a struggle to get people engaged in the sport where a lot of it is waiting. Yeah, like, I think 100% you need to make it more like an entertainment factor. I like the Ashes and like what they've done with the UFC. And I think you need to create rivalries, in my honest opinion. Like when Gatlin and Bolt hated each other last year, like, I know Gatlin done drugs and that, whatever. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. watching the back and forth between the two. I enjoyed watching to see who'd hold their nerve on the start line over any other event. And that's not my event, you know? So if you. And I reckon a lot of people might have watched that 100 metre final because of Gatlin and Bolt. With that well, it's almost good against evil, wasn't it, in the way yeah, people yeah. perceiving it? And I just think like there needs to be more characters in running. You know, every time there is a character in running, people turn their nose up at it. Or, you know, if someone's a bit different in running, people are like, oh, God, what's he doing? What's he doing? Blah, blah, blah. But when these characters come about, you need to embrace them and enjoy them because they will keep the sport alive a bit and they will, they're the ones that will get the people watching. 
You know, people that are so monotone on interviews after every track meet. After every <laughs> yeah, I'll say thanks to my coach and my family, and they've all been so behind me. Yes, we know. We we know. Like everyone's yeah. the same. Everyone like come on, different. That, that, that's be a bit more exciting. Because did I did I read somewhere about you getting in a fight off uh, in in one of the championships or, or some kind of kerfuffle? Should we say? Is that did that happen? Did that, I, I thought I heard that you'd got in a kerfuffle or something like that. Don't know exactly yeah, it, how to term it. Talk, what happened there? Um, it was in the British Champs indoors. Yeah. This geezer kept like it kept things like I'm I'm all for a bit of kerfuffle in a race, you know, a yeah. bit of elbows, a bit exciting, ain't it? You start the race and someone gives you an elbow, you give them one back. It's... We do a lot of cross country in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's... I like cross country. I'm just rubbish here. <laughs> I, I like it because like the you can get you can get stuck in and have a little bit of a ruffle tumble. But the <laughs> geezer bunched me. He kept, kept knocking me all race, and I just thought, mm. right, you, you've you've knocked me for two laps here. Now bugger off. I gave him a little nudge, and then he said something to me, and then whacked me again. So I just went bang, and I basically I just put him into lane four. Um, <laughs> so, do you think he was intentionally harassing you? In those yeah, first two laps. There's a type of runner that for some reason they just can't hold their line and they'll just go back and forward and nudge you, nudge you, like that. And mm. all they're doing is wasting their own race because they're wasting energy. The more you surge, the more the more knackered you're going to get. But he just kept bashing me, bashing me, bashing me. So I went, the up, took him into another lane. And then after a race, I just said to him, look, mate, no, because he's told, he, and then he swore at me, called me a C-word or something, and I, I went to the first race and said, look, mate, don't give it, you can't take it, and then he pushed himself towards me, uh, there's a little scuffle, but I got disqualified for it, and, so yeah, that was it, that was that, that was me, British champs gone. <laughs> oh, God, how frustrating. Yeah, it's one of them things, isn't it, you, you learn from it, you react. You know? Yeah. I, I'm quite a passionate person, got a, I wouldn't say a big temper, but I've got a little bit of, I am quite... I oh, know you got to hope that Corey doesn't listen to this. He's going to be uh, he's going to be nudging you on that first lap of the beer mile. Yeah, yeah, keep no. Unless this is all mind games, it didn't happen. It, it planted the seed of of, of kerfuffle. You go, yeah, just don't don't mess with me, especially when I've got a bottle in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Actually. It's, not, it's not like that. It's just like yeah, I just think okay, I don't condone like me pushing him in lane four. I deserve to get disqualified, I guess, but. There needs to be more things like not like that. I'm not an example of why of that being entertaining. Yeah, but there's got to be a way of making it more fun. You know, like you don't even have to make the athletes more fun. Just get some beer tents at races, BMCs. I went to, I went to a BMC the other day and again tumbleweed, no music, horn going off. Yeah, no, it's just like I'm not motivated for that anymore. I'm just. Is just yeah, and I mean the night of the ten the, is it ten thousand the ten thousand yeah. PBs? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's because I I think were you racing in the last race the were you racing no, in that one in the ten k? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So no, I didn't. It's not for me ten k, but because I mean that was that's more what races should be like. Because have you heard of that one, JD? No. They they essentially they it's on Highgate. Um, I get to track oh, yeah. on Parliament Hill, and instead of having people standing in the bandstands with the racers doing their their typical 10k, in reality, 
people only use the inside three lanes in a race anyway and so yeah. they crowd you right in so you're right on top of the races uh, you're actually on the track as the crowds have the music and then um have beers and allow people to come of all ranges and then pair them up in similar speeds so throughout the night you've got these really close races between people you've never heard of but who are having the time of their life oh, really you know, just yeah just firing into each other on the track and it builds up to i think it's even now is it a qualifier for the for the uk the uk champs or it, it is yeah it's just it's developed into something massive now hasn't it i mean the, the crowds that were there for I can't, the, the people there I don't know if it was because it's a smaller track and it was it mm. looks like there's more people but there must have been more there than the British champs way more double or, or it just looked like it but then that's an example of like until until you can fill a stadium yeah stop using British champs stop using big track meets in stadiums you can't fill yeah so, or give out tickets like, free to kids and you know, bring them along and yeah yeah like until you can sell those tickets until you can sell out I think it was like British Champs was, I think it's £10 a day for parking. Mm. And then the tickets were like 20 odd quid, maybe more. Maybe I've underestimated that. And you're looking at, if you're taking your family to go and see your, your son race at British Champs, and you're, you're, you're the dad, and you've got a couple of kids, your wife, your own nan and granddad, you're, you could be looking at two, three hundred quid. Yeah. W- without the hotels. Because I wouldn't even know when it was on unless I just happened to turn the TV on. Yeah. on a Saturday and it was on grandstand whereas the night of the 10Ks you get Facebook invites it's in like the Wind magazine people are chatting yeah. about it um, and yeah I just think there is athletics hasn't moved into the Facebook and social media generation particularly no, well. I mean, yeah I don't think it's I don't think they're particularly great on that and I think the whole the whole thing with the the, ten, the night of the 10Ks it's not elitist is it it's mm. it's not Whereas Brit- British athletics, British champs, they're elitist. So it's trying to bridge that gap between making people that are not elite interested in the elites. And how you do that is don't make the tickets outrageous. Right. And in reality, with Parkrun now, uh, my, my friend Elle, she's a, she's a teacher in Winchester. And she she doesn't get to Parkrun because so many of her, her primary school kids are there mm. racing it. And she doesn't want the humilia- humiliation <laughs> they're all desperate to go and run this thing and when i was younger the worst day of school was actually the best day of school with the best time of school was 10 o'clock on a friday morning because you just finished cross country you knew you had a week before you had to do cross country again because it was so <laughs> horrible and everyone hated running you, you running was the thing you did as a yeah, punishment yeah and now with parkrun kids are loving it they're they're getting competitive they're they've got the times and they can track it all online and these kids should be world champions in the future um but i don't know if they're gonna get to a stage where they find it they get they find that disconnect or if they just go yeah. into trail running instead or marathons or yeah it's just how to harness that that enthusiasm really and it, there's so many doing it now this should be possible yeah. i think bushy parker's got what 1200 on a saturday maybe more yeah i think it, up to 1700 at times now yeah, just insane, insane. I wonder how many people were at British British Champs. <laughs> oh, I do think there were more at Bushy Park, Park Run. Oh, uh, mate, I, <laughs> I, I, I looked at one stand and I walked out from my heat and there was about 50 people. Oh, God. I know, I, mean, I, know, I know the home straight stands was like considerably more, but like one of the stands had about 50 people. 
and the back straight had all those um those flags covering a lot of seats. Where is it in Birmingham? Yeah, which I don't know why they keep putting it in Birmingham either. No disrespect to to Brummies, but in terms of London, it's just so accessible for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Take it down Crystal Palace or somewhere. Let's get it back yeah. down Crystal Palace. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it, if it was there, but get it at Palace or... What about Watford? You know what I mean? You yeah. Have people yeah. standing on... Well, even Stadium. Allianz, Allianz Stadium. Yeah, even there. <laughs> Even yeah, because I mean that. Well, the, the thing is, they could take it to the to the Olympic Park potentially, but Alliance is it's quite a it. nice size as well. Yeah, it is. And so you could drive in people, and although then again, if people aren't going for Birmingham, it's a big enough city that you thought they'd be able to get a good crowd from that. But I think it's just just that lack of you know. I I don't know when it's on. I just find out the results afterwards in, in general. for a lot of people, like Birmingham, like you're not going to drive up to Birmingham to watch British champs, mm. where. If you, if you're sitting in London and you live in the surrounding counties, Kent, Essex, Surrey, obviously Middlesex is London, um, and all those surrounding counties, people can get a train in very easily. Like my yeah. mum's from, and I can get I can get to Stratford Stadium in 40 minutes less. And I'm deep, I'm from deep Essex. I live in London now, but it's just so accessible to a lot of people. Whereas you go to Birmingham and you go to that track, it's like it's not realistic for a lot of people. Yeah. And I guess that it might come down to cost. You know, it might come down to the British governors like not wanting to pay as much to yeah. buy a for the weekend. I don't know. I don't know what it comes down to, so I can't comment on that. But Actually, I was just thinking about in terms of accessibility. So I know that Nick, who organises the the Beer My World Champs, he's put it on in London because mm. he wanted to tie it in with the World Athletics Champs. Yeah, I think he's hoping that there are going to be some athletes who decide to just come along, who are here for the World Athletics Champs and think, well, I've been knocked out in the semis or I've had my final already. Why not? Do you think we're going to see some of them just pop up? I don't see why not. Like, it depends when the... Because I think Mo Farah's racing this Friday in the 10,000. Yeah, yeah like, I can't imagine these, these, these people would let him do that. No. Although, in a way... That, he's done after this, isn't he? Is, doesn't he just fade into irrelevancy after this World Champs? He's got I'd no love, Olympics and. I'd love to see him do it. I'd love yeah, to I think he will. Drink. I wonder if he can drink. What do you reckon? <sighs> I mean, I can't. He's the thing is, you you don't. I wouldn't say you look like a runner in the way he does, and that he. I can't imagine yeah. him having a beer in him. He's so thin. He is thin. He's. I I paced him in, uh, a couple of years ago in, indoors. I stood next to him and it made me realise how big for a runner I am. Like, yeah. that guy is tiny. Yeah, absolutely. And Like, if you don't look at him on TV and then you stand next to him and you're just like, everything about him, like, it's just small. He's, he's, he's so skinny as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's partly because he's being 5K and 10K. You could be a powerful 800, 1500-metre runner, but I don't think you can be 5, 10K. That's no. when it's it's all about being as light as possible. Yeah, I think so as well. I agree with that. But, but I'm hoping we'll get something like the 5,000, the Australian 5,000 meter champion or something turning up, or yeah, someone, someone similar who just thinks, "Sorry, let's let's get out of the boys." And uh, I'm not. Let, yeah, you might have some competition you're not aware of yet. Yeah, yeah, I might do. I look forward to it. So what's um what's next after you uh, for the, for you after the BMR then? To get fit, to get back to the level I was like 12 months ago. Um, 
after the BMR, maybe I'll, I'll try and squeeze in another race. But yeah, mainly to get fit. I go on holiday early September. A big group of us go on holiday, and then we'll do everything I possible to get in really good shape for the January indoors, I guess. And if people want to follow you on your journey, and are you fairly prominent on social media? What's the best way for people to track you and to get involved? I guess like my YouTube channel. Um, I'm gonna gonna attempt uh, the Chanda Mile. I think this week maybe, which is obviously four pints. Yeah. So, wait, Parsi, you know Chris Pars? I know the name. Yeah. Yeah, he's a current world record holder. Chanda Mile. He's been giving me stick for the last year about the BMR. He hates the BMR. So if he watches this, he'll uh, he'll say that I'm gonna try and nick his record because. What's the time? I think it's five oh five. Oh, you'll do that. You Surely. Can't you can't be sick. Yeah, but I I just think you know, is it any percentage beer? I need to, I need to verify that with uh, Andy Norman. I was speaking to him about it the other day. As, as it stands, I don't think there is uh, a percentage of beer because it's more of a liquid issue. Because when I was younger, I used to get I used to buy this beer called Ranger Lager. It was two point two percent, and uh, <laughs> I, I loved it. I was I was about fifteen, but. And I, I, it wasn't Lidl's, but it was the equivalent of a Lidl's. I used to go on holiday to this uh, this camping holiday, and I'd buy all these cans because it was it was so cheap. But then I wouldn't tell people the percentage, and so I got this reputation of this absolute beer animal just destroying all these two point two percent cans of lager. And they're like, "Wow, this guy can really drink." It's just so refreshing. So you could you could find something like that, um, especially if they do a bitter version, and then. Yeah, a flat beer. I mean, you can smack. You can you can pour the beers out a week in advance. Just get them completely yeah. flat. Mm, yeah. Uh, no, it has to be carbonated, according to Chris Parr. Okay. Okay. It has to be carbonated. So yeah. that's where it becomes a problem: it's the liquid and the carbonation. Yeah. Well, I, I still think you're gonna smash you that. You got beer here. You got like beer up to here. You're trying to burp. You're trying not to get the beer to here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to follow through. No, you don't. Yeah, I think that might be one where it's worth going out harder the first two laps because that last lap you're going to be going slow, whatever. Yeah, I think so as well, yeah. I agree. You're barely not your legs, I'd have thought. Well, brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on, Dale. Have you got any no other questions, uh, JD, at all? No, no, I was, just, uh, I was just very quickly looking at the Facebook um, uh, thread um, and the questions people had, but I think we've covered most of them already. Yeah, yeah, we have. Well, oh, thank you so much for coming on, on the show. We'll, right. we'll we'll see you next Saturday. And for the do batters out there, you can go on YouTube and is it if they just search for Dale King Clutterbuck, will that come yeah. up? Or yeah, my YouTube channel is Dale King Clutterbuck. But you'll find it quite easily because there aren't many people who are putting a weekly video of taking on drinking <laughs> and beer challenges. It's quite at the top of the list there. They're really and, entertaining. It's definitely worth doing. And if they want to find you on Facebook, what, what's your username on that? What? <laughs> <laughs> so if you happen to be in the King's Cross area at night, um, in the men's toilets of uh, pra- the... Uh, practicing, local... practicing your chugging. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can search for Dan on there. That's changed that, didn't I? But good luck with the, like, the next 10 days. It's going to be epic. Yeah, good and, luck. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I mean, Curry, he's good. But I think you've got a good chance. Um, Are we going to see history? We're going to see history being made. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you've got to get the record or die trying. 12th of August, we'll do it. Either that or fight it. Just fight it out. a bad boy reputation anyway. Do a tap tackle just as he goes <laughs> past. Last lap. <laughs> Scroll <laughs> over the line. 
<laughs> well, thanks, Dale. It's been brilliant. And uh, yeah. good luck on Saturday. We'll see you there. Thank you. See you later, guys. Cheers, Dale. Yeah, Bye. Bye. Cool. So, uh, wow. How, how are you feeling about about your attempt now? I don't think it's like you say, you're talking about like athletics and it's so true. I have no real understanding of track racing at all. I have no idea about yeah. times. I have no idea. idea you know, I remember when I did it at school, um, but I was a really rubbish school. So I, I was one of those schools where if you were even slightly good at sport, you pretty much represented your school in everything. So I did like 100 meters, yeah. 200 meters, 400 meters, 200 meters hurdle, long jump, you know, and yeah. and so you don't really know what's quick enough because you were the only one basically bothered to do it. So I, I speed wise, I have, I have like no idea. I remember it's just awful. Um, uh, 400 yeah. meters is an awful, awful distance. Um, but I just, when I, I was younger, girls weren't allowed to do 400 meters because they thought it was too hard on their body. <sighs> I think you, they're allowed to do a marathon, but they weren't allowed to but do the 400 you know in case they die. It's, do you know what? It, remember, it wasn't actually. When we, were, when we were younger, it had only been, you know, a few years that, that women were actually allowed to do marathons in some places. Yeah. They? I mean, it hadn't, what, Boston, um, when we were born, were women allowed to do Boston then? I don't even think they were. So that, that's not that surprising. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, I guess it, it gives you a, an insight into just how hard the 400 is because the, you know, they're allowed to do the 200 and the 800. That was the bizarre thing. But what? <laughs> what? They're allowed to do the 800 yeah, do and the 400. What? Because, because it's, I don't know. The th- thing about the 400, it's like, for me, it, that one feels like the half marathon. It's like half marathon is a horrible yeah. distance. T- long, but fast. Uh, oh, well, like awful. a 1500 race is horrific the thing when you when the wheels come off in a marathon it's awful yeah but actually when the wheels come off in a 1500 meters oh my god your legs just feel completely different they do feel like lead i've I've done it before i was racing this i was putting the wrong heat at the heat side um my club's championships yeah and i was in the i was in the b wave but there was this kid this kid in there uh is about 14 years old called Liam who's uh he looks quite young though so he went off like a shot and I obviously saw this guy I've no idea how to pace 1500 yeah. I thought oh, I can't let this guy beat me so I went through my first lap in about 64 or 65 um and then just just died for the 800 meters and 800 meters is such a long way when you can't move your legs like when you're at the end of a marathon you your, your legs feel strange and the muscles aren't quite working and your, your breathing's ruined. Yeah. But actually, something like the 1500, you've, it's like a bad dream where you're trying to move your legs and they're not doing anything. And you slow down and, oh. So doing that with beer as well, so tricky. Yeah, I just, I, I have no real understanding of, of it. I mean, like doing the, doing the beer-a-thon, doing a, a, like a, a mile between each beer, um, that, that, like, like you would say, that feels pretty punchy, um, you know, but this, you know, it's, you're easing into it, but you're, you're sort of exposed on a track, aren't you? Um, I'm glad we're going out on a, on a, uh, a do badder wave. That's, uh, cause I think it might be the, <laughs> the slowest, <laughs> slowest that they've ever had. And the thing is that when you do the beer you, because you're running so far and it is such a long race, you pick up your pint and it doesn't matter if you lose 
no. 10, 20 seconds on the beer. Whereas the World Beer Mile, you're coming in. Yeah, it's pressure. Before you're all you in can the, catch your... Yeah, all in the same yeah. space. Like, you're, the person is stood there drinking, and it, it's, it's, there's something different about it, isn't there? There's something different about drinking something rather than running. And because the crowd are all based around the finish and the start, you're coming into these cheers, and then every, the noise is you're coming in as well. And if you haven't tried it, uh, listeners, do bad as just go out and buy a bottle of beer and try necking it in one go. It's unbelievably hard. I, I could probably do, neck two pints of beer quicker than I could neck one bottle of beer <laughs> right now. What I love about this is that last week when we were interviewing Dean, you were like giving like health warnings about all sorts of stuff, and now you've just recommended <laughs> someone goes out and necks a bottle of beer. <laughs> So on Saturday, of course, if you're 18 or above, we're talking about. (laughs) We'd have to point that out. But on on Saturday, I I um I got a delivery in from the states uh, through I think Beerhawk or Brewhawk, it's called, and I'd ordered these three. My my theory is that stouts and um, ales and the like and porters are less gassy. So I've got these these beers. One of them six and a half percent. One of them six percent. I thought I'd go and try it because I'm really struggling with the lager. Yeah. I did the first one that was a 6.5% one, which actually went down pretty nicely. It's quite heavy. Um, started legging it. Came in again. Did the second one. And I just couldn't breathe. And I started trying to run. And I, was, I, was, I wasn't being sick as much as I was just frothing head. <laughs> and... I don't know how to describe it. I was almost like an ice cream machine where I was going, but the only stuff coming out was head. There's no, there's no sick in there. And it was like I was creating these beer clouds that were just horrible. And then I came in, I did the third one, which really was tough. And I couldn't actually run because my, my belly was so full. And my theory is that because these beers are so heavy, yeah. they retain all the bubbles. Yeah. So when he started running, oh, my. So I'm going to try again on Tuesday at track um, oh, with these please. three because I also had a dicky tummy. But Please bring these along. Please, <laughs> do, do your Do your, um, your championship uh, mile and then, then go into the do-badder wave with the porters. And uh, I just want to see this. Also, see you if you neck four frothing. pints of six and a half percent beer, it does hit you quite hard because you don't want to eat before. Like we're racing, you don't want to eat two hours, so you've got a completely empty stomach. What? what so, okay, right? So we were talking about the um, the size of the bottles. So what? What? What do people do then because of the bottle size? How do you? How do you get over that? You've just got to, I mean, I don't know how they're doing it. For, so, if, do bad. If you want to come along, we, we've got a 10% discount and we've got our own wave. It's, it's in the, the Facebook group somewhere. Um, but a lot of people use cans. And so, last year, I think they brought over um, a huge number of cans you could use instead. But if you're racing it um, for your country, we're having to import beers and or else go to a craft brewery and try and find American beers. Because a lot of them now are, I mean, there's so many craft ales from England that are so popular, from Britain, you know, Scotland with with Brewdog, um, that 
none of the craft ales over here are the right side. So you've got to try and seek out these beers. And I found one or two that are okay, but because they're seasonal, you suddenly find they're, out, they're not actually in the shops. You've bought the last two cans and oh, you yeah. want to buy 14 of them or so, so you can actually have a good practice session. So do, so do they provide the beer? If you register, they provide a beer, but I think they're providing cans. And if you... Cans are easier, but they're slower. So if you if you can do the bottle in one go, essentially, yeah. without having to take it down to breathe, the bottle's quicker because it doesn't glug as much. You can pour it with more control. Yeah. Whereas um, if you if you're not great at downing, the can's nicer because it doesn't come out as quickly, and and so you just don't get drowned in the same way. So depending on how you want to do it, a lot of them and, and even screw top or not a lot of them run with beer gloves which to me just reminds me of alan partridge having driving gloves but <laughs> beer they're, gloves they're, what beer gloves because they um for opening the the cans they're twist tops but they're not for necessarily that easy sake. to open you don't want to have a nightmare trying to open it or they wear beer gloves yeah yeah oh and I've, I've, I've already got my bottle opener sorted because i i think i'm just going to run with a bottle opener pick up and then but the trouble is you're if you're not ambidextrous you then open with the arm that you want to be drinking with as well because it's for me it just feels unnatural to drink a bottle of beer with my left hand do you have time to switch hands is it is don't it, have time, time to <laughs> come on this is the world champs yeah yeah, yeah. The, i think i think the bad boy running wave isn't going to have these problems i think uh, uh, what do you think is going to be the 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 worst time on the um on the on the do badder mile what's gonna be the worst time what's the what's the, the time to beat well, the thing is are you and chris going for the double beerathon? oh yeah who's what, who <laughs> else is doing it who's chris chris Ince is tempted as is well is he doing it is he doing it oh yeah crack, cracking he is a monster as well he will he, he won't he won't even notice those eight beers oh amazing so um i yeah. think that's going to be the trouble is that a lot of do badders are going to turn up pretty drunk already but it's quite a, then, it's a long time, isn't it? Between I might not that we're going to stop drinking at any point. Um, yeah, it'll probably take us about an hour to get there. But I think a lot of people will turn up pretty drunk. There'll be a bar there as well, and they'll carry on drinking. And so by the time our wave comes, I think it's going to be quite funny just by just how slow it takes, how long it takes people to drink. Because oh, no, they're going to yeah. be full. You're going to be fatigued. Yeah, when you get when you get like um, uh, beer fatigue, and you just you get to that point where you're just like, I cannot drink another amount. I think we'll be at that point. <laughs> we'll be at that point. And then after going to start again. the race at that point. <laughs> but last year, there, there's this guy called Harold. He's a legend. Have I mentioned this in the previous episode? I don't know. Who, Harold, sounds familiar. He's, a, he's a, probably a 2.30 marathon runner about that. But he took about 16 minutes because he just can't drink at all. From a really? can. He's got this... This little sip, and I felt really sorry for him because he's known as this really good runner. But because of all the videos that they're putting out of the world about the world record, they wanted to explain how it, how what the rules were, yeah. and so all of them showed him 
saying you have to try and drink four cans as quick as you can and then they all show him just really slowly <laughs> slipping away on this drink so he's been seen by 20 million people so that's it so that's the key that's the key so there's all they, they, they need to show a contrast so if you go in <laughs> as the slowest runner and the slowest drinker there's a good chance that you're going to be exposed to 20 20 odd million people I, there might be I don't know, but there might be a DNF time. A, um, a oh, really? Time after a, there's a sweeper. <laughs> there there <laughs> might be. A sweeper on a mile race. <laughs> the waves are every 20 minutes. So you've got. Oh, so you could be on the course still. Lap. You could be on the course still with other people. Or is everyone off the course? They, what, I mean, they've, they've never had the issue of someone not <laughs> finishing the time before. <laughs> have they had a DNF? If. They probably have had DNS, yeah. Well, I think if you're sick more than once, you're disqualified. Yeah, that's a technical DNF, though. We were like a proper DNF. DNF, yeah. proper DNF. <laughs> I think we're going to see a DNF for sure. We're going to see some DNSs. As long as, as long as I can make it past three laps, I'm absolutely fine. That's... <laughs> <laughs> but D-Bad is coming along. It's going to be such oh, a, a fun night. He's not going to be there, is he? Who's that? Him. Well, oh, the man that can't be named. The man that can't be named. So. It's not. I, there's yeah, no glory for there. There's no glory for there. Your nemesis won't be there. I don't think my nemesis will be there either. Potentially it will be, but... Um, what, Greg? Uh, Greg? Greg? I'm trying to remember who Greg is Greg, now. Greg no, from no, MBS. No. Oh, not Greg from MBS. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I was thinking James from, uh, from his side. But... Um, yeah, do come along. You can you can take part or you can just come along and watch. And actually, it's, it's really good fun because everyone there is there to just drink and take the piss and it is unbelievably impressive when you see dale and Corey and those guys go flat out because most people can't do one lap at the speed that they do their lap with a beer oh amazing amazing i mean and and i I love the idea that there's a possibility that some other guys are going to turn up yeah some like wild cards that's brilliant i mean that is as um yeah, the whole idea of being able to get people, yeah, yeah, who maybe like drop out on their heats and stuff, just thinking, yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go for it. That's that's just really clever, really clever. And last year they had Ross Murray there, who's a British 800 meter runner as well, and he was in the normal heats, and he went off on his first 400, and everyone was just stunned in silence because he's obviously unbelievably quick. <laughs> and then on his second beer, he came out in like fifth place. <laughs> he was just he knew he was just going to spunk it on his first lap and then he was like oh man no I can't I can't do it he's a good lad actually but um I yeah there could there could well there could easily be an American you know Australian another British 800 1500 meter runner who just turns up and why not if you've already done your heat you're in the peak fitness of your life why not give it a go can right can so uh, is it mixed with women or are they separate things separate. women? So the heats are a mix, and then there'll be a separate women's female. Uh, so, but we're, I think there's a lot of, um, they're a long way off getting off peak times. You know, when you think of some races where you, you, you know those times are now getting to really good times. You're thinking 434, I can't see it breaking 420 in the next 10 years whereas the women's is something like 610 oh really 
Yeah, and there's 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 but, plenty of women out there. I'm sure can but, smash. That. But you say 420, but maybe um, like Nike or Adidas. Um, you know, once they get involved in it, um, and they get the car yeah. going round and, and everything, and everyone will be talking about talking about that. Yeah, they they have to really refine. They, they'll come up with some non-alcoholic alcoholic beer. Yeah, that's it. It'll just suck all the joy out of it. All the joy yeah, out of or it. It would be a bottle that is um it's got compression on the inside to explode into your mouth. <laughs> so don't, know, don't don't carry that through to its logical conclusion, please. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what have you got coming up the next couple of weeks? Uh double beer a thon, beer mile. Double beer. That's I mean that, that, that literally is it. I haven't got anything. I um I you know, I was pondering doing that 100 miler in October and, um, yeah. and, and I decided not to do that um, in the end, um, mainly because I missed the, uh, the registration for it um, because I was away. But, um, but yeah, I've not, I've not really got anything like planned. Um, so uh, I'm just sort of working on uh, sort of trying to lose weight and, and get back up to fitness again. And um, yeah, and it's all, it's all going to happen next year. But I do think I need a couple of things. Um, yeah, I think you do. It's important, isn't it, to keep you focused? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I want to see how I do it. Um, uh, right. So tell me, right, the double beerathon. So we're going to go out before. Yeah. I have no idea how long it takes to run the beerathon. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no. It, it, all all of it seems to just happen over in about twenty minutes, and it clearly doesn't take twenty minutes to do it. Um, I have no idea how long it takes to do beerathon. Well, I, I, I guess you'd come in at about. 75 minutes 75 minutes okay okay so i just i'm trying to think work out how what time we start i think you start at 12 30 oh okay 12 30 right yeah because then then you've got a bit of extra time for sure and you can yeah well the earlier you want i think 12 30 is good because you can then almost have a clean run through whereas any later, yeah. and you're going to be up against it. Any earlier, and then you're kind of finished. You sit around, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to have to bring your own tinnies <laughs> and stuff, and 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 no one ever likes that. No, 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 no. no. What so, we should um... do? Well, actually, what we should do? We should have a. No, no, no. This is a different race altogether. Like almost like a a nostalgic um, a beerathon or a nostalgic race where you have to drink um, alcohol from your youth. So, like on the first lap, you do uh, drink twenty twenty Malibu and cokes. Malibu and cokes. <laughs> Did anyone else drink that? <laughs> that's that's very exotic. I got <laughs> Malibu and cokes, Baileys. What else do we have? Oh, it's very, cla- it's I, very classy. Um, well, I can't remember why that was. I wouldn't say classy. I'd, I'd say that's quite. It's quite chavvy, isn't it? Not chavvy. It's twenty twenty. I, you even you're not even allowed to say 2020. You have to say 2020. Ranger Lager, obviously. Ranger, no, that's not the thing that made me think of it. Ranger Lager, <laughs> amazing. But I I started drinking in Germany when I was 13 or so. So we actually just drink German beers, which is quite nice, Grolsches and stuff like that. So they were that's quite Grolsch and Becks were probably my 
my first drinks. Oh, that's very disappointing. Not some like shonky proto alco pop. That I don't. Know, yeah. I don't know why when we were younger that we decided to buy those rather than going and buying beer. And I re- actually, I remember like when you first like went and bought a beer, you got a pint, you drank it, and you're like, this doesn't <laughs> taste very nice. You're like, oh, is that it? We built it all up, and now we're drinking this, and it it doesn't taste very nice at all. This doesn't taste like lollipops. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's like, <laughs> why am I? Why? Why are my teeth still intact? My teeth are supposed to be sucked out the back of my head with the amount of sugar in it. Why? This is awful. Yeah, yeah. well, that's why um, Snake Bite and Black, I think, was so popular because it's the, it, was well, it, was the, it was the it was the bridge, the bridge between the yeah. two. Yeah, and and also it had this rumor that for some reason, if you mix blackcurrant cider and lager, it was as deadly as crack. It was like 17 times stronger than any spirit known to man. It, that was banned in student unions across the country because it it's so deadly. It was deadly. banned though. Why was that? Wait, I mean, like, who? It was. I think it was because of the stains. <laughs> Just for when it came up. But they didn't. But you could still get it as student union, couldn't they? they? But they had to provide it in different glasses and then give you a glass to mix it together. You're like, what? what? Was it? <laughs> was it right, yeah. yeah. Well, was it some way of trying to persuade, show people how to like do science or whatever? Was it was like the state of science was so bad that they basically tried to concoct these chemical reactions? Like, in, <laughs> but why did they do it? It was just so pointless. It was one of those totally pointless. But it was all around the country. It's not as if like a few crazy people, yeah. a few crazy students. It's like why? I, I, I seem to have three glasses. Yet I've ordered one drink. Why? Why is this? Yeah. There's a lot more washing up for you. Why do you have and to they, do they, this? They, they, they'll never break this code because we used to order. <laughs> yeah. They'll never, they'll never, they'll, they'll never find out how yeah. this works. Yeah, we we saw a, a grapefruit hooch with triple gins, hooch. and that was amazing. But you weren't allowed to do any of that, so you go could have uh, grapefruit hooch, triple gin. They're like, we can only serve you two units of alcohol. Like, okay, could I have a double gin, please, and a single gin, please, <laughs> and a grapefruit hooch in a pint with ice? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Thanks. Beating the system. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, oh, do I have to waste these two glasses? It's the horrible plastic things. I feel guilty now. I went through a period of, uh, in my 20s, um, being normalised as to the fact that I had to have three drinks at all time. But there were three different, different types of drinks, three different genres of drinks. So yeah. I always, I, I when actually, this is like, if you ask Libby, you know, uh, when she first met me, I was holding three drinks. I had a Morgan Spice was it a Morgan spiced rum with ginger ale in one? Oh, that's nice. Like, that's cool. Uh, a vodka and coke and a Cronenberg. Uh, and and I, that's why whenever I went out, I, I, I used to order three drinks and I'd have the same <laughs> three drinks as though, as though it's some sort of like three course meal or something. I know what you were doing. You were looking as if you were getting around in. So you were, people were like, oh, he's, he's getting just, around. He's just got like, one in. Oh, he's sorry, just... mate. I already got you one, but I can't, you know, can only carry three drinks. You cheap bastard. I was um we did this thing in Brighton they had like they used to have like lots of promotion stuff we went to this um one day we were just sat there I was with my cousin and um this photographer came up and took a photo and said oh can I take a photo of you it's for a promotion and I'm like okay whatever so took a photo of us and it was like in the middle of winter or something and they said oh yeah there's going to be a like a Morgan spiced rum uh, promotion in summer um and if if you appear in the promotion on the on the billboards and stuff and on the postcards and everything, you um, uh, for one night you're allowed to go and get like free drinks in every bar that's promoted in. 
And so, like, we, we were just out one night, and all of a sudden, I walked up, I was in this bar, and I was being served, and some bloke goes, you're the bloke from the advert. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And oh, I looked round, and there was, like, this, like, big board up, and it had, like, about, like, 16 different people on it with space and stuff and I was on there with my cousin and stuff and we were and I was on on postcards and all sorts of stuff Uh, and it was in the middle of summer and all these other people were like beautiful and bronzed and stuff like that and of course I was like bright white Um, but yeah we went around to all these different they were appearing they were trying to get the the homeless market involved (laughs) exactly trying to appeal to them but we did so did you keep it? I, do you know what? I I thought I had kept it, but I didn't. I didn't in the end. Um, but uh, but yeah, we got to, like we got all these free drinks like all night at these various places, and they said, Brilliant. "Oh yeah, can you prove?" They did this weird thing. They go, "Can you prove that you're in the advert?" And I'm like, "And you have to stand next to the advert." I'm like, "It's clearly me." And that's that's why I got this like um, uh, this taste for like Morgan Spice with ginger ale, which is a good a good combination. That is a good combo. Whereas I, I'd, I'd say the, the drinks for my use put me off those drinks for life you do a night with one bottle of spirits you're like right never drinking that again yeah i don't know i don't think i've drunk 2020 i didn't even know that it was still available um but i was i was always the one uh, because I, I i hit puberty about five years before everyone i was about a foot taller than everyone and had a beard at like 12 and so i was the one that always went in to buy them um so you always buy five with exact change <laughs> five, five, yeah exactly five good <laughs> Yeah, five. That changing pennies. I don't even. I don't even think 2020 was available as flavors. I think it was just 2020 yellow, 2020 blue, or 2020 red. But yeah, we should do that. 2020. Have you not? That Bacardi Breezer equivalent. Uh, no, it was well before Bacardi Breezer. Before Bacardi okay. Breezer, before Hooch, before Two Dogs. Um, yeah, it was. It was like it was like the original. It was. It was. You know, it was. It was something that they just tested on on young children before they came up with the proper alco pops. Maybe they're testing it in Brighton, and it didn't actually. It didn't make, make it. Out. <laughs> didn't make it out. No, there's going to be loads. Do you know what though? Everyone that I've talked to about it has been from basically the southeast. Ooh, that's yeah, interesting. and it's it's such a shame all those drinks died. I remember we. So my mum's two total, and one Christmas or wedding. We uh, we bought her reef all night, and she thought it was this lovely fruit drink. Unaware that she was getting pissed, and uh, she suddenly became quite giggly. And then she got really, she really didn't like it. She's like, "No, no, what's happening? What's happening?" And then you know when you have that regret and you think, oh, "I thought this would be really funny, but no, it's uh, I feel quite guilty now." Yeah, reef. That was brilliant. Reef. Gin and reef. What was reef? What was reef? It was like a J two O, but with some alcohol in it oh really yeah it sounds really yeah. familiar yeah it was, oh. it had, yeah it was a great mix to drink it's, it's like Smirnoff Ice you just mix it I, just... I love Smirnoff Ice I yeah. thought that was such a good it was a good like um, pre-club drink yeah it's like you know it's the it's it was almost the um, like the transitional drink between going to the pub and having some beers and then yeah. getting into the club, you're like, oh, I'm going to have one, I'm going to have like one Alco Pop type thing, or I'll have an Alco Pop beforehand. You and, need a bit but, of sugar. Yeah, a little bit of sugar, so nasty, just to get in the mood, just get in the mood, yeah. I just yeah. I associate it with um, uh, girls in boob tubes holding their uh, fags and a Smirnoff ice um, yeah. in various clubs. Yeah, that's and what. Strawpedo. I don't know what that means. Um, what? Strawpedo. What's a Strawpedo? Come on. We put a straw in the bottle, and then when you drink it, it allows the gas to 
escape down the straw. So therefore, I, I, you don't, can know, I don't know. I don't know any of these like tactics, these drinking tactics and stuff that you that you have. I've, I, I've, never, I've, I've never, I've never been, I've never been in a public school, and I've never been in a rugby team, so I don't, I, I don't know. This is nothing. To, this is the reverse of those. This is Daniel local weather spins. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Strawpedos out. Hundred percent. Yeah, do you do you know Turbo Shandies? No, no. Is that what those are? Oh, it's when you mix um, pint of beer, probably Stella, with um, <laughs> probably Stella <laughs> with a Smirnoff, Smirnoff Ice, Turbo Shandy. It's delicious. I think I think there's some sort of education that needs to happen here. I feel like I've I've missed out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I was at university, I worked behind the bar, and we were also independent of the NUS. So we get we got all the own our own drinks in, completely different to everyone else. Yeah. So that we got some random drinks. And every other year there'd be a food and drink fair in Ells Court that we'd go along to where they'd bring all the new spirits and all the new Alcopops. And when I was at uni, was at the time of the birth of Alcopops, Alcopops really, from 96 to 2000 was its peak. There's suddenly 20, every single spirit was trying to bring out their own Bacardi Breezer or whatever it may be and you get all these wacky flavors wacky drinks coming out in all the pubs so um yeah we'd constantly be making new cocktails doing uh chases of different drinks ah oh, what what a time to what be a, yeah exactly it was it was uh what have they got now they've just got P- peron black sambuca and the black tequila where it's called it's about the most exciting thing of the last five years well apart from the um craft ale revolution which uh just produced like the highest amount of too, brilliant beers of all time. Too sophisticated for students. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, actually, yeah, for students. Yeah. That's good think, for us. As I don't think they men. drink. I don't think they drink as much now as we did. No, I don't think they come not. close. So this this might be the the pinnacle of of beer mile running as well. Then this could, but what you see, the generation's not coming through. Yeah, with the, the, it's just being lost on the youth now. Look, I, it sounds like you've given up. It sounds like you've given up on them. We can't give up on the youth. It's when... Maybe we should go down to Park Run and hand out some booze. Some shandy. Shandy. Some 2020. Yeah, ease them into it. Use that. <laughs> what, the kids' race on the Sunday? Well, I'm tempted to do that for my Park Run this Saturday. Just um, go to Highbury Fields, five laps, and do four beers running around that. I, could do I don't that. think they'll take kindly to it, but be good I training. Might, I actually, I might, I might try that. I need to try that. I've got, we're going camping afterwards, so it would, um, yeah. Well, okay. enjoy your camping. Well, thank you very much. And I'm trying to think who we're talking about, who we're talking to next week. I don't think we've oh. necessarily got someone lined up. I, I know who we can talk to. I, um, I, I've wanted to speak to them for ages. They've just got back from doing the Lakeland 100. Ooh, having done, who's that? Having done the Western States 100 a, 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 like a month or so ago. Wow, they must be knackered. They must be knackered, yeah. Are we allowed to say who they are? Yeah, yeah, David Harvey. David Harvey, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so I think I think we'll get him on. I think there's some, there's some good stuff to be explored there. So have you got any questions about doing mountainous 100-mile races or Western States, probably the most famous ultra run in the world, would you say? I, I'd say it was the most famous 100-miler, definitely. Yeah, uh, most famous 100-miler. Yeah. The original? Um, not the original, but I think it's definitely okay. the most, I think it's the, yeah, it's the most, it's the most famous. It has so much mythology. Yeah. There's a lot of mythology around it, isn't there? Legend. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. 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 And, th- and that's the one I think was mentioned in Scott Jurek's book. It was in, um, 
Born to Run as well. It's mentioned quite a bit. Dean's done it. Dean's quite done a few it times. Like 378 times. Can't remember why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, doesn't know why it goes back. <laughs> yeah. Well, listeners, if you've got any suggestions for guests, do email us, uh, letters at badboyrunning.com or message us through the Facebook page or get involved in the Facebook group and just put your links in there. Um, yeah, what else is there for you to do? Um, oh, yeah, suggestions for race it with, you know, the, the, with the um, kebabathlon. Um, kebabathlon. Kebabathlon? How is it said? Kebab- was it, I thought it was, was it UK... I don't know what they call UKMB, UTMB? Oh, it's the UK... U- UTDB events. Ultra Trail to do badder, do badder points. So every time you do a, a, a do badder event, you get, um, you get points. Um, and they get totted up and ignored at the end of the year. And, um, and yeah, so like they've just done the Kebabathlon. So have a look at that in the, in the Facebook group. And um, uh, they've, they've constantly coming up with um, new suggestions for, for races. And some of them are utterly brilliant. I think the format for that was you started in Athens, Athena, Athens, Athens, yeah, Athena kebab, somewhere in South London. You then had a kebab, ran via a couple of uh, brewdog pubs to Marathon, Marathon kebab yeah. did, in did, North London. The, the best part of that whole thing, they, I mean, it was brilliant. So they kept it. Unfortunately, we couldn't go, but um, they kept up to date with the, like Lou Fraser with the, with the Facebook Live and, and the various like challenges and stages they had. But for me, the highlight of it was seeing the guy at Marathon Kebabs in a Do Badder t-shirt. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> in the mid-afternoon as well. <laughs> Clearly very quiet, no business at all. And yeah. then the Do Badders chancing in and trying to stuff in their kebab as fast as possible to try and win the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Amazing it didn't work. look like good kebabs, if you ask me. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, if you have any suggestions on races we should be doing, any questions, any suggested topics, let us know what you're up to. Um, if you see any interesting news articles out there, anything to do with running or, or not. We, um, we also potentially might be getting on a, um, a broadcaster who is a commentator for boxing. It's a little bit, it's, even for us, it's pretty far removed <laughs> it's from <a> running. <laughs> But to, yeah. be, to be fair, it's, it's probably more relevant than our, um, our episode where we essentially just made Netflix suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it'd be really interesting partly because boxing is one of those sports where you hear all these rumours to do with backhanders, to do with the power lying with promoters and people throwing fights and the, judge, the referees being in people's pockets. And so I think it'd be really interesting to actually hear from someone who's fully involved in the sport not only about the title fights and the mayweather fight coming up but what really goes on behind the scenes but uh, any other suggestions let us know and i guess we'll see you next week see you later bye 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 Never ever